Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had a bit of a chat about various things. It got a bit odd at times, I think it's fair to say. Um, but hopefully you'll enjoy that. We, I think we did. Um, also, we spoke to a couple of the guys from the Vitellis, the fine band. Uh, we had a chat with them. They were on good form. They gave us a bit of an inside track on the new Celtic manager inadvertently, didn't yeah. they? I mean, basically, all you need to know is who knew if money was no object, that is what Paul Hawksby would want to buy. Yeah, look, it was a shock to me. Um, so anyway, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Just hearing the news there, the, the Crucible will be full. Yeah. That's probably the most COVID-friendly crowd, isn't it? Because everyone's very quiet. A lot of coughing goes on there, doesn't <laughs> it? It is the home of British coughing, isn't it? Well, so now you put it like that. Every, every cough will be loaded now, oh, won't it? Normally true. people just yes. sit and go... <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're looking at someone saying, oh, "Yeah, it's going to well, take it back." I hadn't thought it through. Yeah, Paul. COVID, it's uh, coughing central, of course. Oh, yeah. Right, that yeah. and the "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" audience. Yeah, the places. I don't think coughing, that, I mean, they? I mean, they're strategic. Well, there has been some skullduggery in the past. I mean, that's the always the danger. Just as Tony Drago gets the spider well, well, out. You know, I mean, far better. I mean, I'm sure I would never go on. But if you've had a bet on Ronnie, yeah, and uh, you've got well, his opponent over the ball, it's, it, you know. <laughs> just as they draw the, you know. If it was one of those slow players like Cliff mm. Thorburn, you'd have yeah. to really cough forever, <laughs> wouldn't you? You'd be there for hours. <laughs> Bob Carroll, geez. Anyway, look, two good games last night, weren't yeah, they? I, I did that thing I don't like, do, you know, for me. I don't like doing it. I don't like watching one on the telly and having a laptop going. No. Even on the old BT app, which is very good, because it does give you the key moments. Yeah. So if you miss something, you can go and find those key moments. But I find myself not concentrating on either, which is a, a bit annoying. You look somewhere between the two. Just no, the, I can't the do. I'm not, but I can't do that. I <laughs> no. just, I'm just, I'm sort of. I don't like it. It's no, like I, being in a bookies or something. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> you're looking at virtual. Horse I'm watching racing. Santa Anita and you Toxider at the same time. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. Bloke in a flat cap just yeah. smoking some B and H on the left of you as well. You're going. What are you doing in my house? Yeah. <laughs> What's this about? <laughs> Why the do floor? Mars bars now? <laughs> yeah. Why is the yeah. floor covered in tiny pens? Mm. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I mean, that pass from Cruz was beautiful wasn't it and it was 
that what a great first touch from Vinicius, and, and it's not something a Spurs fan yeah. has said very often, has it? A great no, first touch from no, Vinicius. that's true. You rarely, you rarely get the opportunity. We'll talk to Tim Vickery about him later on. I mean, I wonder what Vinicius Senior is like. He must be a hell of a player. I wonder if he taught him how to do that. But does anybody know if Vinicius Junior is okay after you know got clothed oh, yeah. by Trent? Oh, also, that, that not a, to mention Rodri as well. Oh, is Rodri yeah. okay? Has anyone checked if he's okay? It was, it was a, it, yeah, it was laid flat out, barely touched by a hand. I did tweet this last night, but. I could, I would run to, I'd stand to run football on a one, I'd have a one policy mm. uh, manifesto, yeah. which is players who pretend they've been hit in the face yeah. when they haven't been hit in the face, mm. retrospectively, yeah. five game ban. It's a good idea. Vinicius Junior, Rodri, well, out, out of the Champions he League. He was, he was touched no, on the face. No, he wasn't was hit on him, was, was it? Shoulder. I thought he, I thought he grazed his chin. I don't know. I think it was very it's the sort kind of thing to that you do to it. You know, you kind of you ruffle someone. You just kind of ruffle their chin. I'm, actually, I've never done that. <laughs> Why do you, you do? Do you do that? that? How much is that chin before, ruffling do you do? <laughs> is that before a show? Because yeah, Andy's yeah. got a nice beard, doesn't he? Yeah. Just before well, a show, like, like, ruffle, come on then, Andy. I'll ruffle your chin tomorrow. Well, I see. It might be a bit creepy. I it might change the so. dynamic. I tell you what, if you win the birthday spread, mm. tomorrow, I can ruffle you can, your you chin. Can I work the room? I ruffle everybody's chins. Absolutely right. Okay, fair enough. Give it a try. So I hope they're okay. Anyway, I thought I thought Real Madrid were really good. Liverpool weren't very good. Dortmund really surprised me because we've heard yeah. a lot about how they've been struggling mm. in the Bundesliga I was chatting to Archie in touch yesterday saying actually they haven't been this good most of the season but I thought they posed City problems that City yeah they created a bit didn't they yeah. they had good chances and and you know Bellingham that is a, that he's is a, bad, yeah, he's a looking, bad bit of refereeing he's and he's a wonderful player yeah why didn't he stay at Birmingham I mean, <laughs> oh eight seven one seven. Um, no, what a player he is! Uh, he is he's, he's sensational. So he's got to get in the team now. So obviously, I, I'm updating my England starting yeah. eleven every. So on Saturday, when did Liverpool beat Arsenal? Was that Saturday or Sunday? That was Sunday. That was Sunday. So then or Trent it, came straight. Or was it Saturday? Or Saturday? Saturday. Yeah, so yeah, Trent came was, straight back yeah. into the team. Or was then. it Monday? No, it was Who Saturday. Knows? And then Lingard came into my starting eleven right, on Monday, yeah. and now Bellingham's <clears> in, <throat> and I dropped Trent because mm. of that misplaced yeah. header. So I'll just keep working on my starting eleven depending on if, what's just happened. If Pick, they say pick on form, but I think they mean in more than over a 20-minute no, period. No, it's literally that. It's so you it's write players off, basically, 100%. in running. Yeah. You, you know, take yeah. the last bad, you're only as good as your last game. That's the way you'd the manage England. Touch, in fact. You're so, only as so, good as your last touch. Because actually Trent did a, quite a nice pass yeah. and did some good covering oh, in the second half. ball in the second it? half. So yeah. he, he actually, at half-time, I dropped him. And now he's back in now. Oh, okay. Yes, you know, because you've got to, you've got to re react <clears throat> to situations, haven't you? Well, we'd love to hear from you because one of the, um, I mean, it wasn't a great night for the officials generally last night. Some fairly appalling decisions. I mean, obviously everybody's talked about it today. The Bellingham goal and the Cham penalty. I mean, it was some terrible work. Uh, whistles blown too early. Yellow cards given out. I mean, I felt for Cham because he clearly hasn't fouled anybody. And he then gets booked for dissent for something he didn't do, but they now can't take the booking away from him. It's just mad. Bellingham was booked as well, wasn't he? It was that was crazy. Oh, I, but also, uh, I, I can't remember who was saying it. It's, it's a sort of, you know, in Sunday League, it's he who shouts loudest. That's yeah. how you get the decisions. Yeah. It's just yell for everything and you'll get it. And, um, and, you know, Edison went down and yelled, so he gets the yeah. free kick. On the game I, I played on Saturday, um, not as mm. high profile as the Champions League games, but I was put okay. through and I was onside because mm. I, I ran past the defender and the ref gave offside and I turned around. And, you can't help yourself. I was yeah. a ref that is bleeping bleep. Right. And he said, I read an article about you and he literally just went, I read a piece in The Guardian about not abusing refs the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I said... 
Oh, fair, yeah. I said fair point. Fair point, ref. <clears throat> I apologise. Shot with so, your yeah, own gun, Max. It's fantastic. Right. Yeah, yeah well done. I apologise to all the referees. Now, uh, we one of the, uh, again, not particularly um, clever things done by an official last night was to ask uh, Erling Haaland for his autograph in the tunnel. What sort of message does that send of the second leg, really, to, uh, to City? I mean, you don't do it in front of the other players. Do it so bad. If you want to autograph, you know... Come out the referee's room, try and catch him in the tunnel. Don't just, oh, Erlin, Erlin, don't chase him down the tunnel. It's <laughs> not pretty. And There's something pathetic about autographs generally, yeah, isn't yeah. there, really? But that was. I mean, oh, I, yeah. don't, I don't mind. I don't think it means he's biased. He, 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 no. probably wants, he probably wants Phil Foden's as well, doesn't he? I guess. It might be for his kid, who knows? Yeah, I know, but, but not just a bit in the deaf, tunnel. Not in it? the tunnel. So we're interested here today about the bad moments uh, in which you asked for an autograph or a selfie. The best one we can't bring you involves uh, uh, Helen Chamberlain. But <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't do it. We couldn't further. tell you that story. No. It, just think of the very worst <laughs> moment ever to ask somebody for their autograph and then double it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, not it's a not shocker. Even. Not I, even. We, I mean, we've talked before about uh, the late great Eric Bristow. Uh, a, a listener spotted him in a doctor's waiting room and um, wanted to get his autograph and just picked up a piece of paper on the side. And he had a pen, but not a bit of paper. And he said, uh, Eric, would you mind signing this? And Eric said, yeah, no problem. So uh, he signed uh, all the best, Eric Bristow, the crafty cockney, on a how to examine your breast leaflet. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a slight tangent. But we're looking for very bad moments. Yeah, when you, if, you, if you pick yeah. the wrong moment, yeah. and they justifiably could say, this isn't, this really isn't the time. Mm. Dino says that. My best mate asked Tama Hassan for a photo while he was having an argument with his girlfriend in the middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Tama politely said, it's not really the time to be fair, mate. It isn't now, no. isn't it? Just well, that's, that's decent because yeah. he could have been a bit more blunt, couldn't <laughs> yeah, he, in the style of many so. of the films he's appeared in, <laughs> really. Um, so let us know. When I was about eight years old, I collected football player cards in packets of chewing gum, we're told by John, the lead supporter. By the time the promotion finished, I was missing about 20% of the cards. I then uh, trawled through my collection of shoot magazines and managed to source the missing players and cut out their pictures. I was then the proud owner of a 100% completed book in school, but oh, not lovely. the official stickers. That's, that's, that's a way to I do it. I think that, that showed a lot of um, a lot of gumption mm. and initiative, indeed. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Time once again to delve into the My Sporting Life uh, archive. Danny Kelly uh, joins us once again. Another timely um, oh, conversation this was. Uh, good afternoon, Danny. Hello, man. How, everything good? Yes, yes, yes. Of course, uh, good, good. the subject this week very much in the news. Stephen Hendry begging Jimmy White not to retire after he, he beat him on uh, Monday in the, the World's Qualifiers. Um, and your, but your chat with Jimmy was, was epic, with some amazing uh, revelations. Uh, Look, it's so, it's so interesting. First of all, I spent a, you know a whole day with him trying to work out you know how we we're going to do this and all the rest of it. And what I was struck with was, first of all, he's an amazingly modest guy. Mm. He doesn't realise, um, possibly because he never won the world championship, he doesn't realise what a legend he is and with what esteem he is held by the general public. I mean, it's all all that is all a bit matter of fact to him. Um, as always with these things, I've done a lot of. Research And it turns out, you know, that uh, although his snooker career is quite turbulent with the defeats that we talk about and all the rest of it, it's actually the central thing in his life that remains stable um, along with his family because he gets into a lot of scrapes and, and, and wild adventures. And I, I said, are you prepared to talk about all this stuff? And he just said, yeah, ask me what you like. It's one of those. And 
He was lovely. Um, and I, I, I ended it thinking, oh, my God, what a life. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's kick off with an example from your chat with him telling the story of taking his uh, brother's body for a drink after his funeral. Some people might find it, um, you know, they they can't comprehend it, which I can understand that. But at the time, it felt natural. We was it was me and my brother and my driver and my sister in a pub opposite the funeral place, and um, we're all in shock. There's the floods of tears for hours and hours and hours, and um, we've been to see him, and um, all of a sudden, I just said, "Well, I'm going over to see him again." I went over there and there was this big padlock on this chain and I don't know what I was doing or what I was thinking of doing. Anyway, I just kicked this chain and the padlock just fell off. We went in there and then all of a sudden now we're laughing with him and talking and sat him up and, um, you know, like still crying our eyes out, talking to him. And then I just said, let's take him out. And uh, I took him to a couple of um, places for a drink and then I took him round to my brother's house and then we took him back about five or six o'clock in the morning and uh, put him back exactly how he was, tried to put the chain back on. About two days later, the police come to my house to arrest me for breaking entry. And when I explained the story to them, they said, well, look, nothing was stolen. If you just go and apologise to the funeral director, I'm sure it'll be fine. And that was the end of the matter. I've got to ask, did anybody notice that you had a, a body with you? Um, we actually got a cab to take him back to the funeral parlour and the cab driver said he doesn't look too well. He was sitting in the back, and I said, he's fine, he's just a bit drunk. <laughs> what Glenn would call amazing. a weekend at Bernie's situation. Yeah. He went to more uh, than one... Well, going to more than one pub yeah, game. Yeah, that's right. Just going to his local, <laughs> but going, to a, going a on pub. a pub crawl, that is a quite amazing story, isn't it? I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, the very fact... He doesn't look too well, does he? The taxi driver is an amateur sleuth as well. I mean, uh, it's one of those times when you, you're the interviewer it's not about me, of course, it's about Jimmy. Is that you're an interviewer, a thousand questions are racing through your mind and you realise you must keep your mouth shut yeah. so you can continue to tell you the story. Yeah. What, what a thing. I mean, I'm still, I'm still not really over it, so I'll be honest. That no. story from he, years ago. He was big mates with uh, Alex Higgins as well uh, over the years. And uh, yeah. I wish you would hear a little bit now of a story about a car accident that, that he was involved in with uh, Alex. We'd gone out, me, him, and a friend of mine called Pee Wee, we'd gone out for a drink, and I had a mini Metro at the time, it was given to me for a sponsorship deal. And we went to this quiet village, and um, we got drunk, and my mate Pee Wee wasn't drinking, and then Alex started a little bit of an argument, so I said, look, I've had enough, we'll just go home now. And I had a big snooker table in the house, a bar there, so we was going to carry on there. And on the way home, I'm driving, which I shouldn't have been driving, and I lost control of the car going round this bend, and I crashed into the wall. I had my seatbelt on, and my mate in the back had his seatbelt, and Higgins never. The window screen, as it hit the wall, must have sprung out. Higgins has gone flying through the window screen. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. No, he shouldn't laugh. He's then stood facing me and he's the other side of this half-broken wall and he's gone, I've got nine lives, baby. So I'm like that, get in the <laughs> car. So we get up the road and we got these wipers trying to attack us. You know, we've got no window screen, the car front is all smashed up. Get into my house and as we get into my house, the engine falls out 
of the bottom of the car. And, you know, I'm, like, trying to get myself together and I'm in my house in a snooker room and Higgins is like, let's play, let's play snooker for money. This is the best time. The adrenaline's flying. Oh, God. Well, what a story. Just amazing. Oh, and dear. it goes on and on like that for several, for, for, well, it was edited down to two hours. It goes on and on and on like that. Wow. It, uh, yeah, mate, yeah. as you said, he, uh, he's a very un- he's a lovely fella, Jimmy, whoever he comes in. He's yeah. such an unassuming oh, guy, and I think you're absolutely spot on. I don't think he realises the sort of place in people's hearts that he has in this country in, in, among sports fans. No, I mean, uh, maybe that's because of just his nature. Maybe it's because mm. he didn't win the big one himself, and maybe he holds that against himself. We'll probably hear a bit about that later on. But I think, you know, it's a, it's a bit like the Ipswich Town team that didn't win the title that year all, the, all those years ago, or the Newcastle team that didn't win the title. Um, sometimes you can fail and still leave an indelible mark in people's minds. And, and in Jimmy's case, it's, it's pure affection. I mean, I never... I, I spoke to several people about him um, before, before I did that, that interview, and nobody... Knew anybody, never mind them themselves. Nobody knew anybody who had anything bad to say about Jimmy White. Mm. Um, and yeah, as you say, he maintains an absolute. And what about the, the modesty is good, but the deadpan delivery of those stories? Yeah, yeah. He should be, he should be on the London <laughs> stage. That he, oh. he doesn't look too well. It's an amazing. Yeah, line. yeah it's, it's it does. Amazing. It's a cabbie. God, when the cabbie. What if he ever, if he now knows if he listened and now knows. Oh. Um, Sadly, we're out of time as always, Danny. We'll yeah. catch up with you next oh, yeah. week with a, with a different right. subject. Cheers, Danny. They're all available on the TalkSport app. Uh, I feel we may lose some listeners to go, who just yeah, to listen who to that just right go and now, download yeah. it now. But it's there. If you just download the TalkSport app, it allows you to just swipe between uh, uh, TalkSport and TalkSport 2 very easily, which you should be doing anyway. And uh, the archive is available to listen to a, a fantastic collection of interviews, long-form interviews with Danny, and uh, the great and good of sport. And that one sounds uh, absolutely fantastic. So, come up with thank you for your input we'll be uh, reading out some of those bad moments when you ask for autographs or selfies off the back of the linesman getting uh, Erling Haaland's autograph in the tunnel last night the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Julian Laron joined us earlier on to look ahead to uh, Bayern PSG and, and was looking at the signing pictures of Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Um, I think left-handed right you know this thing of being left-handed right-footed right-footed left-handed um, and he was it was more common than we think we found out Max and our producer it's of, not just elite sports no people. it's just it's not any a, old person but nearly Waltham Abbey has looked into it he said having your right and left foot and hand crossed is an advantage to those participating in sports and arts as it means you access both sides of your brain simultaneously allowing creative thought and mundane function to be processed right. at the same time subconsciously my daughter was born this way and it's something I've researched she has a sweet left foot and uh, has the right hand of an artist but not what you'd call a natural academic. hope she's not listening, Neil, but thank you very much for that. I like Matt in Shrewsbury, who says, uh, Paul and Max, early in the pandemic, I decided to help avoid infection by using my weak hand, my left hand, for all daily purposes, opening doors, etc. Anyone who's broken their dominant hand know that it's quite that can be quite difficult. Hmm. Uh, thus leaving my dominant hand germ-free for an impulsive eye rub and snacking. I am now no better off as I got bored after a few weeks at the time. At the time when we thought the pandemic would just be a few weeks, we you know, we thought we could, you know, throw ourselves into things with wild abandon, just <laughs> opening doors with the wrong hand, says Matt. At the time it seemed like a definite game changer. <laughs> the thought process. That is someone who's sat in a house with nothing to do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um we spoke to um, 
um, Shane Lowry earlier on and he said he's going to have a quiet night with the family and his uh, manager and stuff uh, this evening. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton may be sitting down with his colouring book. Okay, Are you aware nice. of this? Uh, Tyrrell has, uh, has decided uh, adult colouring relaxes him and takes when him you away. Say, when you say adult well, colouring. exactly. He he used the term. He actually right, said okay. here, it said it's an adult colouring book, not one of those for five or six-year-olds. It's serious stuff. And I thought, saying, Tyrrell, mate, it's colouring. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're, you've got a picture of a cow from a five-year-old book or something slightly racy or a flower or a parrot, a fine art. It's still You're still colouring in. Not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> no, but you are. It's a bit like putting an adult cover on a Harry Potter book. <laughs> you're not really fooling anybody. You're colouring. My old mum's nearly 90, yeah. and she, is t- she finds it very therapeutic. Colouring She's taken to doing a little bit of, okay. just a little bit of colouring in. I can she, see it. And, and is your mum... She's got hell of a left foot like a traction <laughs> engine. Yes, hell of a <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so no, but she's not. She's not up, as uptight as Tyrrell. She's very. She would embrace a kid's colouring book um, as well as an adult colouring book. I, I not, think so. Yeah, okay. but I just don't think Tyrrell should get upset about it. No. If he's if he's if it's Daisy the cow in a field and it's for and it's got numbers on it and tells you the don't you're still colouring. It's still therapeutic and, for. Well, him. I mean, the key question for Tyrrell, I guess, and for you know Mama Hawksby is. Um, yeah. Is do, do they go over the edges and do they all colour in the? Isn't this to, to make it look really nice? Is is to keep it in the same? I was a bit of a scattergun approach, you know, because once you've gone over the edge, you've ruined the colouring in of that yeah. picture, haven't you? Or you, do, you do, too do you do much adult? Have you never have you, have you tried Janet adult colouring? I'm not into adult colouring. Okay. <laughs> it not, makes it sound not, far more. It makes it think that the pictures are going to be quite. Yeah, exactly. Quite racy, it, the things yeah. you're colouring. Maybe they are, maybe uh, that's... I don't know, but anyway, there we are. That's what... Uh, it's a lot of one colour then, wouldn't you? It's not really varied, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Predominantly. <laughs> now, they had the Champions Dinner uh, last night, oh, and yes, Dustin okay. Johnson, uh, they had a nice little touch. They left a place uh, open for uh, Tiger. Of course, sadly, couldn't be there after his car accident. But, um, yeah, uh, it, not a great night for the vegetarians no, among, the, among the former champions. It's a heavy meal, this, Well, they it? kick off... They kicked off with pigs in blankets oh, okay. uh, dusting and in this that's not what we know from our christmas dinner uh, it's like a sausage roll right, often okay. in a sort of croissant pastry oh, okay yeah so, so, okay, so that's quite a lot of butter already and a lot of fat and butter, that's your starter then they had that lobster uh, corn fritters filet mignon peach cobbler did, did do you think it's a tactic i think did dustin johnson eat anything or did he just act, do you know what i'm, I'm just all right picked actually, at the edges i'm yeah. all right it's a bit there was an episode of jossie's giants where um they were playing an italian team a touring italian team mm. and so they cooked lots of pasta because they thought the italian team would eat all the pasta and then they would be weighed <laughs> down but unfortunately the pasta was incredibly nice and jossie's giants oh. ate all the pasta so it came it sort of it was a great idea in practice, but in, on paper, but in practice, it didn't work. And I just think Dustin Johnson's just tried to get. If you see the players just really going around the course slowly, it's because they. Do you read that meal again? I mean, that's you can't have steak. You can't you're have steak with and a, chips. You're starting with a big sausage roll, right. kick, sausage roll starter, um, yeah. lobster, yeah. Um, filet mignon, um, and then the peach cobbler with ice cream. No, I think that's too much, isn't it? Georgia peaches. Um, would you like to know about Fabian Delph? Oh, what's he eating? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay, fair enough. I don't know. But uh, this was an idea for a tech subject which you didn't respond to, but Fabian Delph's plan to build a swimming pool at his mansion oh, yeah. could be scuppered by this, bats. This comes under planning news. We do have a jingle for that. I mean, oh, yeah. we should have prepared Bill. Oh, it's a bit sorry. much. Do it. We can do it at the end. If you we can do it at the, the end. planning news. Bring it at the end. Planning the, news. The, it's not much of a jingle, so don't get too excited. The Everton footballer, 31. Oh, yeah. He wants to convert a garage as part of a redesign of his £2 million home in posh Alderley Edge in Cheshire. Nice, Experts yeah. think that 
that bats, a protected species, may be roosting there. Uh, the England and X-Man City ace mm. has been barred. A lot of cliches in here, aren't there? A lot have been barred from starting work until another survey is carried out. Parish councils expect a probable refusal of the plan. I thought we could do yeah. the text topic, the catch-all text topic. Mm. When did you have your swimming planning permission for your swimming pool? When could yeah. you build your swimming well, pool? That, 8, 10, that's, that's great from, from a demographic point I of view. So, isn't it? It, gives, it gives so. our advertising department some information. We shouldn't, we shouldn't ignore the super yeah. rich pool. What, do you, what have you we? done with your second Bentley? <laughs> that's it, basically. We should set up, with, do it, talk to our ad department and just decide on some core subjects, very, very specific for, for a, but, you know, so think, allow them to go in with a flow the chart. super rich, yeah. Where yeah. do you refuel your super yacht? Welcome to Talk, a, to, talk Sport 3 for the super rich. Be great. Just ignore them. Yeah. Sponsor the show. And he could, Fabian could come on then and rail against the... Exactly. No, I've not seen any bats, he could say. <laughs> and then other footballers could come on and, and support agree, him yeah. in that. Yeah, they wouldn't let me have, you know, a cannon in my back garden <laughs> for so the neighbours kicked off. I couldn't have... I couldn't have I'm, a rock I'm, festival. I'm, I'm glad your, your go-to thing you don't ha- you can't afford, Paul, is a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, they not. Do you, ever, do you know what a cannon costs? <laughs> do you know what? I don't, I've only got a terrace. It really wouldn't. It just wouldn't any, be quite... Any... Uh, I think, you I think you know, A, where are you going to get one from? Only a footballer could... <laughs> have you ever bought... There'll be one person listening who's bought a cannon. Yeah. Go on then, eight ten eighty nine. Ever bought a cannon? How much did it cost? Ever bought a cannon? <laughs> anyway, that was... <laughs> Hawksby and Jacobs planning news planning on TalkSport. I haven't done one for Max yet, but we'll have to get a planning news uh, for, for Max. Um, just uh, another thing was, um, in light of the dust-up between Rudiger and, uh, and um, Aretha Balaga... Yeah, serious um, dust-up. Well, it? apparently it was. I mean, the manager said they, they was serious enough to step in. Uh, the Sun decided to have a word with Ron Harris <laughs> okay. to see how much things had changed. I mean, really, the sort of things that went on on the pitch had a much higher level of violence than anything that would ever happen in training but they went to Ron clearly hoping that he would say that up the ante yeah. on what we'd seen because what we had was a fairly serious incident between two players who'd gone at it um, enough for it to be stopped by uh, other players but they went to Ron probably hoping to say oh yeah you know we read, read the blood would be drawn we killed a lad once <laughs> and because obviously it was the days before telly no one knew who he was We're sort of, we buried him next door to the train but of course he never said that all Ron said series 5 of Unforgotten yeah. is the Chelsea one <laughs> Ron just said in my time if you're playing five a side you'd always overstep the mark there'd be a bit of pushing and shoving you imagine this journey's going but surely some at some point there was some real violence Ron no not really no so did anybody die no not even close to it a ball in a sock come on Ron it was you know occasionally somebody got pushed into a fence is all Ron would give them I think they were quite disappointed Uh, Joe uh, Pest Control has been in touch thanks Joe Fabian Dell's pool is finished if bats involved nothing he can do unless they move on as they're heavily protected thanks Joe yeah, so I'm are. hoping Ben Foster will get in touch and said say they wouldn't let me have a cannon in my garden. So we'll have to we'll have to so, see. Side message him to say, have you ever bought a cannon? <laughs> see what he <laughs> says. Have you ever bought? I don't know. Do you know? Sometimes you're sitting here and you're thinking maybe it's because I'm right-handed and right-footed. True. If I could, I'd process so much quicker, and I would have said something a little bit more. <laughs> that may oh, possibly no. anything. When's, Lamb- it, when's it your birthday? When's it your birthday? When it, if, Paul, we, if we're still working together, swimming on your birthday, pool. Exactly. I could have said anything. Could I? Done. Sort of, you know. Yeah, elaborate are. tree house but the first thing I could come up with was a cannon <laughs> fantastic uh, you're have 21 would you want salute. a working cannon or would just an, an old cannon I, I, I want a working cannon <laughs> Okay, yeah, I want to be able to, you know, if you had sort of, if you were a United player, an old edge, and you had City players next door, you'd want to be able to just take out one of their flank walls, wouldn't you? Really, True. I'd like to think. Yeah, well, when you, I mean, all the all the 
the things you need for it to work. You need the, that sort of <laughs> you need that great big pole that you poke it in with. Yeah. Depends what sort of cannon you're talking Absolutely. about. You need, I mean, some, you need some guy with a big hat to light the thing at the back. Don't you? Yeah. There's always one of them with a cannon. You need that. You need a fuse. Well, yeah. <laughs> just some of the things you need. You need some cannon. Well, you need a cannonball. All, all yeah. Max is saying is it's not just buying a cannon. That there's, there's accessories as well. That Think pro- about it. Don't probably just comes do it, as a kit. Don't do it on impulse. Probably comes as a kit. What do I get on eBay? i got yeah. a cannon. It ruins your lawn and all. They're quite heavy. But anyway, we'll move on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. My wife had just sent me a, a one-word WhatsApp that just says, Canon. I know, look, I, I, I just didn't think on my feet. Uh, if I'm looking to buy one, I can go to Canon's Direct online. Listen, this is like uh, it's fantastic. Brian Butterfield. It says, build your own full-size replica Canon. Um, now anyone can make their own full-size replica. People want to do it. Many people would like to make their own real-life full-size replica Canon. Decorate their home, possibly. Use as a theatre prop. Finish the children's castle. <laughs> <laughs> Treehouse, etc. Most are fairly capable of building an easy type of carriage. We can all build a carriage and in your sleep. <laughs> but the cost and complexity uh, of the cannon barrel makes it an unfulfilled dream. But uh, uh, the quali- let me give you the options. Okay. Ships cannon, yeah. swivel cannon, <laughs> field cannon, <laughs> castle, and there's more. Hoisting get- crispy you- cannon. crispy cannon, yeah. Uh, Rick in Hartford just says, yeah. I, I, he texted in to say, I bought a cannon in Portsmouth about 25 years ago yeah. after coming out of a pub opposite an Shop after a lunchtime session. That's the old version of drunk eBay oh, buying. Yeah, hundred pounds. He sent me a photo. Quite a small cannon, but he does have it. Imagine getting home though, and his missus saying, "What, what you got there, old oh, cannon?" You know, I don't ask. I'd had a couple. Anyway, well, I went on to Google, and I ended up on an article by Cecil Adams, which is how much would it cost to outfit and run your own pirate, pirate <laughs> ship and crew? I want to meet but it, Cecil. It gets onto cannons. It may surprise you to learn that muzzle-loading cannons are legal to own, so long as they don't use exploding shells and the shot powder and primer are all separately yeah. loaded a full size 32 to 36 pound iron cannon cost around $22,000 okay there we you'll are. be surprised that you're listening to talk sport <laughs> the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport That is the uh, Fratellis and uh, Need a Little Love. And uh, joining us now from the band, talk a bit of Celtic and more are Barry and John Fratelli. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, Hello. how are you? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Um, uh, Barry, we'll kick off with you. Is it, as I take it, has this been sort of delayed release because of everything that's been going on in the world? Yeah, I think this is a, the third time. Lucky we've tried to get this album out, but. Um, it was definitely worth sort of holding on to it for a while because uh, it seems to be the right time for it. Everybody's on board with the sort of the sunny vibe of the songs, so it, it seems like a good indication of things going forward. Uh, John, did you? I mean, presumably you haven't been able to do any gigs. How, how desperate are you to get back out there? We were talking to John McClure from Reverend the Makers, who was saying, eventually, when you can have gigs and people going, it'll be like the, it'll be like another summer of love. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's going to be chaos and, uh, you know, it's let's hope it's the right kind of chaos <laughs> and it'll probably last for a while. Like, I think um, I could see a year's worth of, of pent-up um, excitement from people just getting, you know, being able to go back out and watch live music again and that's, uh, 
that's definitely something we're looking forward to to experiencing. I was wondering, Barry, yeah. if if um all comedians and bands during this period have realised actually it's quite nice to be in in the evening and and I don't want to go out anymore. I don't know if you've had idly had that thought occasionally. It definitely crosses my mind usually about quarter to nine in the evening <laughs> when you're sitting there wondering why. What, what the hell am I doing? I'm supposed to be doing something around about this time, you know? And then you realise that that's normally when you're being I'm anxious sure. going on stage or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to give up this the, the new, uh, this new routine yeah, the I've routine. got. <laughs> well, you're normally in bed by half eight, so we need to get you um, back into uh, rock and roll mode. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. If, 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 your, your hours are going to have to go back to the old hours again, aren't they? That's, that's very true, John. Oh. And uh, I'm, 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 am I getting too old for that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> nah, you'll be fine. You'll be mm. fine. The the um so all the stuff was written for the album before the kind of pandemic hit. So it's not as if you haven't or have you been writing uh, Barry in in lockdown as a band? Um, not really. We've just been preparing for this. Mm. Um, it it gave us the opportunity to to put together some new songs for a deluxe version of the album. But uh, those were all songs that John had been working on anyway. But when the kind of restrictions eased a bit last year, we were able to get together and record some new tracks, uh, which was great. So I think we've done like seven new songs in total. Yeah. So not so much writing, but it gave us a chance to get back in the studio and add a little bit more to this album, the deluxe version that is. Um, quite often, John, when bands and actors come on, they want to, you know, they want to plug their thing, but they want to talk about the football. That's why they want to come on talk sport. Mm. I just wonder, as, as a Celtic fan, uh, no, 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 you know, just just the Celtic part. We just just let's, you know, um, yeah, it's been, um, it's funny. I've been telling my son this for the last couple of years, and and he knew it. Like he, I kept saying to him, you know, listen, this is going to come to an end. Like that, like this is unprecedented, um, and it, and it has to come to an end. And, and he knew it sort of intellectually, but he hadn't experienced it yet. And um, this is what it feels like. Uh, this is what it felt like in the nineties. That's what I was thinking. Support. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was he shocked? Was he was he traumatized? He um he's shouting at the at the TV a hell of a lot more than he used to. <laughs> And Barry, what do you make of this, of this idea of Eddie Howe? I mean, that seems to be kind of moving further down the road, seems likely to happen. Yeah, well, I understand he's, um, he's still in talks at the moment, isn't mm. it? But it looks pretty he's good. He's spotted uh, house hunting in the street next to mine. Oh, has, has he? he? I can exclusively Ooh. reveal. Exclusive wow. scoop. There you go, boys. Well, are, they, are the houses in the street next to yours, are they are they the same size? Are they smaller? Are they bigger, uh, John? Um, well, they're all different shapes and okay. sizes. Um, <laughs> uh, and it could he could just be, he could be buying a home for his his dear mother or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you maybe a wee buy to let opportunity. We don't know that. But yeah. then again, He's gonna, no, I think it's great. I mean, hmm. We definitely need someone, uh, someone of that stature to come in and rescue things. So yeah. I'm all for it. It's going to be it's going to be fun having you as a neighbour, John, isn't it? Over the back fence, and oh, that substitution after 20 <laughs> minutes. I mean, it's just it's going to have constant <laughs> feedback from you. Yeah, and that, the funny thing is, like, 
uh, on the next street down for this entire time, Stephen Gerrard and Neil Lennon have been living on the same street across from each other. Oh. <laughs> um, one of those, it's just one of those neighbourhoods. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if, I, 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 you know, I would see Neil Lennon around a lot. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, I would see him once or twice. But, uh, you know, that's literally the next street down. Wow. Maybe Eddie Howe's going to buy Neil Lennon's house because maybe he might, you know, he might not stay there. I don't know. Yeah, well, that, yeah, um, that's, that often that's happens, happened doesn't before. it? They just... That happened with Klopp and, and, and Brendan Rodgers, didn't yeah. it? They're moving one lot of furniture out the back while the other one's being moved in the front. You know, it's the, the nature of football that's management. The White House. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, um, you've got a little competition running for um, to, for people to win the guitar from Chelsea Dagger, haven't you? Uh, we, we do, yeah. Mm. But here's the thing, Barry, I'm hoping you remember exactly the, the details of that. I'm going to tell you why. We've had so many things happening recently, especially <laughs> in the last week, that um, I, I, I've gotten slightly confused. I think it's on the online uh, store, I've, I've been told, <laughs> that you can go there, apart from buying the album for, yeah. for £5 on the online store, the band's online store, you can also win the guitar uh, that uh, Chelsea way, yeah, If played. you were to go to the, the hmm. you, you it, it won't take you long to find the part that takes you to the, the, the area where yeah, yeah. you can win that guitar. And I've just well, looked. I should have said that rather yeah. than the stuff. I may try and win that guitar. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, enter the competition. I think there may be a terms and conditions. Yeah. And the sheer Barry, the sheer amount of sporting events. It's used different sports. I was looking down a list earlier on. Everything: ice hockey, football, sure. snooker. I mean, it's used yeah. for key moments in in practically every sport. I mean, you must get a real buzz from. I mean, obviously they play at Celtic, which gives you the ultimate buzz. But it must be great yeah. to hear it and it being used like that. I didn't know we were using the snooker. I'll need to check that one yeah, out. Yeah, apparently they're yeah. using the snooker. Yeah, obviously Celtic playing it. That was the uh, that was the highest uh, buzz and honour we could get. It didn't matter who used it after that. Having your own team and being in the stadium at the time back in the days where we used to score goals mm. and uh, fifty five thousand people going crazy, turning around and looking at you, dancing to your song. It's it's. It's a pretty surreal but very, very special moment. So I'm holding out for dominoes. Yeah. Not I was going to say the, pe- the pizza or the, yeah, <laughs> the dominoes. <laughs> the least likely place, the chess. That's it. will be great oh, at the end of the chess. Yeah. The snooker's pretty. When's oh, that coming in with a snooker? Is that someone? Is that when someone does a snooker? You know, they just hide the white behind the brown, and it just goes. That's what I'm trying to think. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, that would be a kind of na na na, really, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Maybe I've just loads of people in the uh, the crowds. I was reading something <laughs> earlier on, and uh, I'm sure I read that they'd used it at. Uh, was it snooker, or have I, have I just made that up? There's ev- there's every possibility. Check it out. We get the royalties. Um, no the darts. Game. Been used at the darts, darts obviously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Used to the darts, yes. Rugby, a lot of rugby. Uh, Lacrosse. What about lacrosse? They use it at the Georgia Swarm in the National Lacrosse League. They uh, when they score a goal, it's uh, it's always used, and they've got a dance that goes with it in the lacrosse. All right. So there we are. Yeah. Yeah. Go and check it out. Let me check that one out, Uh, fellas. Thanks ever so much. We wish you well with the uh, album and the single. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Yes, good afternoon. Paul Hawksby, Max Rushton here on TalkSport. You're telling us your tales of uh, inopportune moments to ask for an autograph or a selfie. 
and um, this is because of the uh, assistant <coughs> referee last night. The game between City and Dortmund rushed down the tunnel looking for an autograph from uh, Erling Haaland. So not not too clever, didn't look very professional, but uh, sometimes you pick the very worst moment to ask for someone's signature yeah, or picture. This is slightly different, but Chris hmm. says... Uh, Jimmy Carr asked for a show in Leeds. My wife was pregnant. We were excited, so asked him to do an autograph for our unborn child. He mm. obliged kindly, but I cringe now at the thought of it. That's slightly odd, isn't it? Yeah. It? <laughs> Coming soon, Dave. Could you say to Dave? Who's Dave? <laughs> Dave's in there. Dave's in there. Dave's not... Uh, yeah, that's it. He's a fairly bizarre well, if Dave one. didn't like Jimmy Carr's work, you know. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. He preferred, preferred other comedians. Anyway, um, sticker collections. Yes. And uh, oh, I think go. many of us uh, over the years have, have done our thing there and collected what we can. Some people take it more seriously than others, and our next guest... Is one of those who has, I think, completed now every book since 1974. Uh, Panini stickers, which is amazing. Um, he, he had a bit of a search on for a 1998 World Cup England badge, which he has tracked down. So uh, his work is complete. Uh, Simon Livermore joins us. Hi, Simon. Afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Yes. Good. Yeah, good. Congratulations. Yeah, it must be great we've got it done. And relatively cheaply, considering uh, it was quite elusive, this one. Uh, just over a tenner you completed the set for. Yeah, that's right. I'd, I'd seen it advertised uh, quite a few times to sort of buy now for 30, 40, 50 quid. Hmm. But um, it just seemed a bit too much to kind of go to that level. So it came up on an auction. And uh, yeah, I managed to get it for £11.41. Oh, so tremendous. Nice way to end it. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you stick it in straight? Because obviously that's a big moment, isn't it? You get excited when you, know, when you get the right shiny. And then <laughs> I, certainly when I was nine or ten and perhaps, you know, you're less excitable now than I was when I was nine, but you get a sticker and then you, it doesn't go in straight. That's a big problem. I, even now at 45, it's still the same sensation as at <laughs> nine or 10 about getting it, getting it straight. So yeah, but I, I filmed it for posterity and I was really worried that I was going to get it wrong, but it, it went in. Okay. So uh, yeah, all good. It's in place. Um, what's the best shiny please? Which, which year? I mean, I think I know the answer, but I'd like to hear from an expert. I mean, my favourite one. It's the first album I ever collected, but it's the PK mascot for Mexico '86. Oh, okay, uh, no, the that, PK one know, that, is good. But from from the if I remember correctly, Football '86, the the just the Division One one, the shinies yeah. were holograms, weren't they? Which I thought was a lovely. That was like my first one, and it never got as good as the hologram again. Really? Yeah, no, you're right. That they were they were mm. particularly good, and the France '98 were kind of like almost like mosaiced oh, uh, kind of pixel paper, which kind of added to it. So. Uh, yeah, they've evolved. They've kept the the, the you know the, the true uh, essence of what they want to do throughout the years, but they've definitely mm. obviously evolved over time with, with uh, the way they lay it out and and the styling and and that. So it's uh, it keeps it fresh each time. So you got the bug with the '86 World Cup, and is that when you decided? I take it obviously subsequently you collected stickers. And so what when you start going back? You went back to '74. Is that is that a difficult process? Is you try and complete books from that far back? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, the further back you go, obviously, the the, the less and less um, available they are. And, and then you kind of make that thing of do you start with a, an empty album or do you kind of buy a part full album and then fill in the gaps? Um, you know, there, there were people, I mean, that collect way more than me that buy and, and collect empty albums and loose collections. So, you, you know, mm. you're, you're collecting every sticker separately um, and that just gets it into big money. But yeah, hunting down certain ones and then there's always certain players or certain stickers that just seem to be rarer for some reason. You know, I'm sure they print the same amounts, but maybe 
it was more popular or people didn't like it and threw it away or, or whatever else. So there's, there's always a, a few that are much harder that, that, that take a while to get. Hence the, with the England badge. You know, I started that album in 1998 and however many years later, <laughs> I've still been looking for, for the odd sticker to finish it. And are some stickers incredibly expensive or not? Yeah, really are. I mean, some of the ones now that they, they class as like rookie um, stickers, you know, the rookie stickers go back um, to the Maradonas and the Cruyffs and the Beckenbauers. And you're talking about the first competitions that they were ever in. So there was one recently from the Calcatoria 79, which is the Italian League. Maradona, which sold for just over five hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow. <laughs> for uh, one sticker. Um, have you sold mad. stickers? That's completely that mad. Crazy. Have you sold stickers, Simon? Has it been lucrative for you when you've had doubles? It, yeah, definitely. Um, the the one I sold the most for was um, a Maradona from his um, first World Cup in Spain in eighty two. I sold that to uh, someone in America for ninety pound for for one sticker. Right. Okay. Uh, so it's a big community of, of sort of where we used to do it in a playground. We got, got, haven't got. It's now this online, commu- global online community swapping and selling t- um, stickers to each other. It really is. I mean, there was that lull before it really sort of took off on the internet where, you know, you couldn't trade. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're doing it in the school playground and then that goes away and unless a few of you mates so you can't do anything. So online became massive. And the great thing, you know, the English ones are one thing, but with the World Cups and the Euros, you know, I've sent stickers to, to Chile, to Australia, to Egypt and, and traded with people all over the world. So, mm. you know, I've never met these people. Um, but through through the online, you've kind of got this this community of people that all have the same sort of love for it. So, yes. And, and where do you where do you keep your albums? Are you, you know, you're going to be breaking in. Yeah. <laughs> Is it in a shed in the garden? Yeah. yeah. What's the combination? Yeah. No, are they on show or do you like keep them in a chest of drawers? No, they are. I mean, you. I bought like these plastic sort of display cases to oh, kind of protect right. them. They're, they're on a shelf up in, in the lounge. You, know, you, you laugh about them being outside. I'm kind of converting the garage into a bit of a, a man cave. So they're going to end up out there, much to my uh, girlfriend, Susanna's <laughs> yeah. um, happiness. <laughs> Well, you've you kindly sent us some pictures through the ages of uh, two of our fine breakfast oh, show presenters, Alan Brazil and Ali McCoist. And I think it's fair to say uh, there's a bit of a constant. The, the length of the hair changes on Ali, but there isn't a massive difference. He's still very youthful looking these days. You know, he's sort of, you know, he doesn't seem to age. Now, Alan's, though, is a journey through hair, <laughs> a diminishing <laughs> hair, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you think the, the first one I've really found uh, was from the Football 80 one. Mm. And, you know, it's 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 quite a big sort of ginger afro almost yeah. that's going on there. It's quite impressive. Mm. Certainly more hair than I've ever had. And then we go into the next one when there's, it's, it's, it's thinned a bit. It's, it's still quite, it's quite big, but it's thinned a bit. And then, of course, as time it. goes on, like happens to all of us, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the United, it's, it's really starting to go by that stage. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> now, you say you've, uh, I mean, you've got enough sort of Bulgaria Euro 96 stickers to, uh, to wallpaper a room. Now, t- Tim Vine, the friend of the show and comedian, uh, was showing off his Panini sticker suit yesterday. So I don't good. know if you've if you've seen it. It's he's, I think he's he's taken one of his old suits and blue petered it up and covered it in uh, panini stickers. And he looks a million dollars. It's a really good look. So maybe maybe do a nice Bulgaria Euro '96 suit. You know what? There's, there's going to be a market for it, isn't there? So <laughs> I, I should do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and have you got buckets of swaps? 
Not so much now, because as I've started to complete more, you know, part of the community as well is helping other people to complete them. So, you know, if I've got ones and people need it, I'll send them extras just so that they can help you know, complete their own. So they're dwindling down, which is a good thing. Mm. <laughs> well, a bit of space. I'm glad you got the they're connection. I'm glad you got it completed, Simon. Good to talk to you. Cheers, Thanks Simon. very much. Thanks a lot, gents. Take care. Bye. There we are. Every Panini album back in 1974, uh, full up. So um, there we are. Um, it's easy matter to get in touch with if there are a few that are missing. It's certainly if they're Bulgarians from Euro 96. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon. show. I'm off to buy a cannon. Uh, I'll, I'll put pictures on the TSH and J once I've polished it and got it in the garden. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the words will come a bit more easily to me tomorrow. And we'll see you then from one. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 